Triple B Adventures Podcast. Get the buck outside. Evening, Triple B Adventures. We are here at Gunfighter Tactical. Uh, I'm one of your good-looking hosts, Brady Pasola, <laughs> and to my left is I'm Nate Shermer. I'm not a good-looking host. Oh, that's come why. On. That's why I'm <laughs> on the podcast. Look at your beard, man. I, I, look I don't at that have, beard. I don't have the face for TV, oh, so goodness, I have the voice for podcast. And you're, uh, you're what they call ruggedly handsome. <laughs> yeah, I've. Yeah, rugged. Hey, you got the rugged. I got a buddy of mine that has a face for radio and a uh, and a voice for the deaf. I, have you met one of those before? He just got he's got no good looking face and no good looking voice. He's just one of those. That's yeah. rough, man. Yeah. So uh, we have a special guest tonight. We do. We have a special guest, uh, the owner and founder, uh, part uh, co is it co co founder co owner? It's co owner. Co owner. Yeah. Co-owner. yeah. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. Going? Ryan Peterson, uh, co-owner of Gunfighter Tactical. This handsome gentleman has been one of the best supporters, uh, one of the biggest supporters of Triple B Adventures and uh, San Diego School Survival from, from the beginning, man. He's just been he's been awesome with us. Um, I came in, man, for the first time, and I said, I need a classroom. Well, Lee came and said, come, come meet with Ryan and myself. And I said, okay, cool. And uh, Ryan's like, yeah, dude, I'm all about veterans. I want to support you. And... Uh, so I was able to teach at that small little shop down there. Oh my god, yeah! Um, <laughs> that was a dinky, tiny little place. Oh, it where was we great, started. though. It was great. Yeah. I, just, I saw a picture the other day of me standing there teaching class. It brought back some good memories. Yeah. It was. It, it is. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually looking at pictures of it the other day too. That place was fifteen hundred square feet, but the way it was laid out, we could only mm. use about nine hundred square feet mm. for retail. This place, the new place, is three thousand. So That's it was insane. really, really small. I was actually just thinking about it the other day and about how much. How, like, I was looking back through the numbers and just tracking, you know, just uh, tracking the numbers, what we've done, you know, revenue by month and just what we've spent and what we've made and stuff like that. And just, it is amazing how much business we did at a 900 square feet. It was, it was fantastic. If it was in a better location, we'd still be there today. It was um, impressive, man. You guys got great business. We did, we did really good business. We had three parking spots and we did all right <laughs> with three parking spots Jeez. and 900 square oh, feet. Man. It was, but it was, oh, it was just as much as, as it's, you know, I, I have, there's some nostalgia there and I think mm. I, you know, I remember it fondly, but I'm glad glad it's over this place is so much nicer and the location we were on the back side of a building it was kind of like it's trying to basically try to sell guns out of your mom's basement imagine that (laughs) i mean it was it was not it it was not we we had maxed out that place's potential we had to move so so this is it's two years this month in this place it was yeah one year ago uh, i'm sorry two years ago yesterday was our grand opening in this place that's right i had a little booth out. yeah you had a little booth out there yeah. yeah Yeah, Colin McDonald from Kid Fox had a booth out here with me, uh-huh. dude. It was it was actually after I had just left Glock Store too. I had just left Glock Store and was moving on to my new job, and mm-hmm. man, that was uh, that was a fun day, man. Yeah. That was a fun. That was an insane day. First of all, it was about a thousand degrees in here because there were so many bodies. But it was just like we expected 35, 40 people. Because when we did the grand opening in the original oh, location, we had we probably had fifty people there. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking we'll get we'll at least hit fifty. We had through the course of that day. I look back at those pictures. There were there were probably four hundred people here throughout the course of the day. And when we did wow. the drawings at the end of the day, there were easily 200, 250 people here. Wow. We literally bought 
the like we we had the bacon truck here, a food truck, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the requirement was you got to sell at least three hundred fifty dollars of food. And I was thinking, you know, money was tight, right? We're moving, mm-hmm. we have all those moving expenses, mm-hmm. money was tight. And they basically said you got to sell at least three hundred fifty dollars. If your guests don't buy three hundred fifty dollars food, you got to make up the rest. And I was thinking, oh my god, what if people only buy hundred? Are we going to be able to afford two hundred fifty dollars? We bought the bacon truck out of bacon in like thirty five minutes. There were oh, wow. there were that many people here. It was it was it was insane. So the bacon truck literally had to like go for go had to go reload and get more bacon and then they came back and they were again they were out of bacon in about an hour and after that they just sold sodas all day so you had a bacon truck at the grand opening of a gun shop that's freedom man that's <laughs> freedom all you're even, missing is the, the beer and, and yeah even man. in california that's freedom oh man that is, that is absolute beer i'm sorry bacon and guns man that is amazing that was a great day, man. Yeah. That was a great we had, day. You had a booth out there. You're right. Kit Fox had a booth. Yeah, hey, that yeah, Kit yeah. Fox, that dude is interesting. You guys should have him as a guest on the show someday. Oh, uh, man. He's a, he's yeah. a real good dude. Well, Colin um, is, our, is our chief financial officer. For, oh. I'm sorry. No, he's our assistant director. For, uh, for, for a Triple B? Yeah, he's oh, assistant awesome. director. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's awesome. Uh, dude, Colin is a great friend, man. Um, just an awesome guy. Yeah, he's so we uh, we also had San Diego County gun owners out there. San Diego County gun owners yeah, is a local shorts. political action committee that yeah. uh, really tries to mop up some uh, um, some Second Amendment politics here in San Diego County. To, to great effect, actually, they got uh, they backed Summer Stephen, who is the DA candidate who mm-hmm. was just elected just yesterday. Mm. Um, um, backed the sheriff candidate. Unfortunately, that guy didn't win, uh, but he was running against a well moneyed nine year you know heavily financed um, incumbent. So right. I guess I guess the writing was on the wall there it's still disappointing i thought the i thought that guy had a chance but yeah a couple of their candidates did really really well uh yesterday um a lot of the candidates they're backing won their primary so we'll uh you know we'll hear more about them as they go into november there are other tables here too it was it was it was a fun day it really was that was a beautiful day and I, I want to say real quick, I mean, as much as I, you know, you, I appreciate you always kind of, you know, you know, saying nice things about gunfighter tactical, but I tell you, we, we, we give to San Diego County or, um, to uh, San Diego School of Survival and Triple B because you're a good dude, right? Well, I, I mean, you. your yeah. reputation preceded you before you came to the store. I mean, Q was a good friend of uh, Chase. Uh, Q, yeah. who works here, does our paint and some I other stuff. I worked with Q at Glock and, Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah. she told us, she, she told us about you because she would come in and, and see Chase all the time long before she actually came to work with us. Mm-hmm. She told us about you mm. uh and um so we kind of knew who you that. were before yeah. you even approached us so we kind of knew he's a cool guy you know we kind of knew you by reputation oh, and wow. uh and then when we learned more about san diego school of survival what you're trying to do there and then later with triple b um that was something that we definitely wanted to get behind well, so we're, it, we're right across the street we're literally across the west gate from uh miramar like right outside um, like great position so, i mean yeah. you got marines coming right so, out of the base here and looking at like Oh, guns. I would definitely want to go in there. Exactly. So, I can't tell you how many high and tights I counted today just being <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we do, um, you know, we do our best to give back to veterans where we can. Um, Triple B is a, you know, is a great organization doing well, good you, stuff. You've and it's donated just... a gun every single event that we've had. And this mm-hmm. last one was, like, just, uh, the first time I came in to go, I said, hey, Ryan, you've always been very kind. And we got a, a event coming up called the Modern Mountain Man Rendezvous with 3MR. It's a little fundraiser. Which might maybe donate his ammunition or something like that. It was how about a gun? And I almost like pissed my <laughs> pants. And I'm like, dude, that's very generous. That's amazingly generous. True. He goes, how about a Glock? I'm like, dude, a Glock would be great. He goes, actually, let's do something better. Came up with a bolt action. Remington 700, uh, 300 blackout. blackout yeah. Oh my! <laughs> I thought that would be the perfect. Dude. I just thought that would amazing. be the perfect gun for for your audience, for it was your amazing. group of folks up there. And then so. what the third one was a was a beautiful shotgun. Beautiful shotgun. Spike Bywater almost won that one. She mm-hmm. dropped by another. She's still mad. And this last one, 
you, Molly and, and, and Nathan, you got the Henry Boy and the AR-7 at that's the right. same time. Oh, that's right. We did two yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah, you did two guns. Was, uh, the Henry Boy is... Oh, yeah. The, the Golden Boy. The Golden Boy. That was the Golden Boy. Yeah, The lever action Golden Boy. Yeah, oh my gosh. Oh, so you guys have been just amazing to us. And I just... I mean, I know you always say, like, it's not necessary. But, you know, for me, it's like one of those things my dad always taught me. It was like, someone does good for you, boy. You do right back. And so mm-hmm. I can't ever pay, but I appreciate you uh, so much. And I yeah. try and do what I can, you know, in small ways well, to, you know... Pay back, man. I mean, let's face it. If you were like the national, if I was a millionaire, I'd be, I'd be investing in this place. Well, it's all about you, you personally, and the group. I mean, Triple B is something we want to get behind, right? It's a, it's a, it's an, it's an organization focused on creating, you know, healthy, healthy, happy veterans who get to move on in their life and do great things, and that's something we want to get behind. And you know, we can't do that ourselves, right? We're just, we're a gun shop in California, man. We got, I mean, we're up to our eyeballs in laws and regulations and taxes and fees, and it's just, I can't, I can't do that kind of work. Right, I can't yeah, yeah. do what you do. There's just not enough hours in the day. But but we can support those who do, and that's that's part of what we do. And um, it's not easy. It's not easy being a gun shop in San Diego. You you are behind the enemy lines, man. Yeah. And I don't want to get in politics too much. No, I don't want to. <laughs> but you know what? It's fine because we're. I mean, we're in California. We. I mean, what is it? I'm looking at your rack right now, full of guns, and I'm looking at the extreme modifications that have to be made to appease California. Oh yeah. But what I'm also looking at at the same time. Is a very American trait where, when you try and legislate something, we go. <laughs> like America doesn't tolerate shit, man. Americans have this very yeah. entrepreneur spirit. Like, if you tell me I can't do something, yeah, I'm going to show you I can. And then on top of it, I'm going to make money doing it. Legislation spark economic prosperity. Yeah, so much that people don't realize. Yeah. Like, think California. They're causing people who own guns to make more money. Yeah, in the yeah, gun exactly. Well, you think about, I mean, so, so you look at the guy who invented the bullet button, the original bullet mm-hmm. button in two thousand six, which California finally did away with this year. Um, the, um, the 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 local uh, gun shop owner here in town actually created the bullet button, and they are building. They made millions off of that thing. They're they're building a range right now off okay. of the bullet button. I mean, yeah. that, that bullet button bought their range. So, was, and good for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. That's a good yeah. good group of people up there, good shop. And I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm elated for well, their here's success. the cool but, thing about San Diego with all the gun shops is all the gun shops get along. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, the yeah. separate, like, yeah. true. You, like, people come together well, and and help each other out. I mean, there's a couple of gun shops, you know, they're like, no, nah, we do our own thing, whatever. But yeah. for the most part... It's really not. I mean, they're, they're, the, the only shops that kind of go off and kind of do their own thing are the big corporate shops. All the small yeah. mom and pops. We're, I would say that we're in a state of co-opetition. Yeah. So it's not quite cooperation. It's not quite competition. But it's really, it's kind of us against them at yeah. the end of the day, right? I mean, it, the, the fact is we're, you know, it's, we're just trying to survive. We're trying to stay in business. We're battling the internet where, you know, I mean, the, the internet stores can undercut us. I mean, I mean, they're, they're retailing things for less than my dealer cost, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it, it's, it's a tough business to be in. We're fighting the internet we're fighting the government um, you know I mean to put it into perspective so Cal- I think California and the local governments in California have figured out that they cannot make guns illegal but they can make guns unprofitable mm-hmm. so to put it into perspective when I bought this shop four years ago four years ago this month I bought Gunfighter Tactical and uh, it was then called uh, Wiser Al um, it was mom and pop shop then too yeah, yeah. Uh, good good little business
business that uh, was started by a husband and wife team. Uh, we bought it because um, they wanted to move on to other things and uh, changed the name to Gunfighter Tactical. Um, and we've built a good, successful business, right? I mean, the the, the 12 months previous to, um, just to put it in perspective, the 12 months previous to my buying this shop, the, the store did $133,000 in total revenue. So that's really small, right? Mm-hmm. In total revenue over 12 months, that averages about ten dollars to $12,000 uh, a month. Our first year in business, so from, I guess, our first eight months or whatever it was in business, yeah. from from May when we bought the business to um, to the end of December, we did $750,000. So, so just to put that in perspective, I mean, we, we proved right away our business model works. Uh, we were able to get the word out. Our, our service, you know, we are a service first business and our reputation for good service really began to to precede us in, in you know, you know what gun shop am I going to go to? Those kind of conversations. Customers would tell their friends about us. I mean, it was great. We proved right away we can build a successful business. Absolutely. The government, the government, the state government of California and the local government here in San Diego County, uh, here in uh, uh, San Diego uh, City, um, are the biggest impediment to my business's success. And to to put a to put a finer point on that, when I bought this business just four years ago, my license, just basically the license I have to have to be in business, it's called mm-hmm. a police regulated business permit. Yeah. Um, and uh, my bi- police ba- regulated business permit was six hundred and eighty dollars in twenty fourteen. <laughs> $680 for the year. This year, it's $1,845. Wow. Three years later, it's $1,845 plus, uh, what is it, $50 per employee. Because they have to run a new background check on my employees every single year, even though... And that's on top of the COE that you need That's to on have. top of the COE, which we pay for, which is another 90 bucks a year. Or I get, I'm sorry, the actual renewal is just $22. So for those that so don't it's know, just, a COE is a certificate of eligibility that's right. required in California for you to work at a gun shop. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're not a felon or domestic assault and stuff exactly. like that. The officer that we work with, and I'm not going to mention his name, flat out admitted that they raised the price to chase smaller gun shops out of business because it was too much work for them. So the, wow. gun, shop, the gun industry is made up of three... The gun retail industry is made up of three core groups. There's the there's the mom and pop shops like me, mm-hmm. and there's the big chains like Turner's and Cabela's and Ammo Brothers and that kind of stuff. Big chain stores, yeah. uh, and then there's the tabletop FFLs or garage based FFLs. We call them tabletop FFLs, and it's basically just a home based FFL. Guy does transfers for his neighbors. If he buys enough guns every year, he gets stuff at cost. And that got outlawed though, right? They got grandfathered in, but they got new FFLs. Can't, they can't do it. Well, no, they can. You can absolutely operate out of your home. What happened? was San Diego, so, so there used to be about 35 tabletop FFLs within San Diego city limits. And it was a lot for the one, there's only one vice cop that manages all of the gun shops and all of the tabletop FFLs. Well, it was just, it was a lot of work for him. Or I don't know, I mean, only in government bureaucrat land is having 50 customers too many, right? <laughs> yeah. I would love to be able to make a living off of just 50 customers, right? Um, uh, but um, so, so basically 50, you know, 30, 30, 35 tabletop FFLs along with the 15 or 20 um, uh, mom-and-pop FFLs that are in um, um, that are in, here in San Diego County apparently was too much for them to to do anything with so they just jacked the price they, they multiplied the price by 300 uh, percent uh, to chase all the tabletop FFLs out because it's 680 dollars a year if you think about it you're getting a gun at cost and your neighbors do transfers through you and you're probably breaking even you're not making That's a lot of money but but, but they, they he flat out admitted to me and I and I shot back at him. I said, listen, I'm, I'm sure that made sense 
to to people who have spent most of their lives working inside of government. But for someone like me who's just trying to make payroll and and pay my mortgage and make my car payment or something like that, basically having the government triple my triple the fee they charge me for the privilege yeah. of being in business in their city mm-hmm. for the purposes of chasing my 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 colleagues out of business yeah. is is more than insulting he didn't really have an answer for that he quickly changed the subject i think he i think he said it and didn't realize what he was saying and didn't you know to him it's just it, i'm sure to him it's just a common thing right it's right. well known inside the department and you know, when you're talking to other cops you you know those are the kind of things you say but he was talking to a shop owner and flat out admitted what, that what they were doing is trying to chase small businesses out of business and that's the kind of stuff that makes me that just makes my blood boil and and that's the kind of stuff that makes it so hard to do business here in california i mean you look at the new laws i mean at the end of the day we're we're gunfighter tactical we're a tactical shop we're not a hunting shop we're not turner's is like an outdoors shop right well we we're a tactical shop which means we sell black rifles and plastic handguns right well california (laughs) California, (laughs) i love it (laughs) california california is absolutely on the war path against the black rifle and it's and it is absolutely affecting our business i mean as you look around you know as you look around the store you see holes all over our inventory because we are drastically reducing inventory because mm-hmm. you know it's just it's a it's a very different business now than what it was just 18 months ago since the new laws went into effect in january 1st of uh january 1st of 2017 um you know the gunmageddon laws are absolutely having an effect and and make no mistakes we were the target of those gunmageddon laws you look at those gunmageddon laws there's not a single one again i don't want to talk politics because you get me on my soapbox i'll be on it all day but um but um you look at the gunmageddon laws. There's not yeah. a single. They passed all the gunmageddon laws, and then in addition to that, decriminalized or didn't decriminalize. They made it no longer a felony. It's now a misdemeanor to steal a gun. So if you steal that a gun, makes no sense. yeah, exactly. So they basically made so so previous so you to lightened to, up on criminals. They and lightened on on they basically trying innocent, to yeah, bully law abiding gun owners and and law abiding gun sellers. So um, so the same month the same month that they passed the the eight gun Mageddon laws, um, they um, they actually changed stealing a gun from a felony to a misdemeanor. That's insane. So yeah, it's exactly you insane. know what's funny so, to me is like uh, back in the day. Open carry used to be legal, and they made it a felony. But concealed carry is only still a misdemeanor. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. So I can walk around concealed all day with just a misdemeanor. I take my gun away for a year, right? It's a Glock. It's $500, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but a felony. Yeah. A fe- open carry felony. But we've had some douchebags in San Diego that like kind of caused that. So on another track, so you... You're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur, right? So you're just saying right now, like California, is causing like a reduction oh. in your and consumer base, right? It's going to oh, be like absolutely. So let me ask you, as a business owner, what do you want? How are you adapting to this? What are you doing to adapt to that to make up for that income loss or make up for that sales loss um, to try and stay alive? Well, we're, I mean, at the end of the day, you can sell widgets, you can sell cars, you can sell guns, you can sell anything. And the laws of, you know, the laws of the of the market all work the same way, right? So if your revenue is going down, your costs have to go down too. So for instance, look around, I mentioned earlier, we've got mm-hmm. holes all over the wall. We're not carrying as much inventory as we used to. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, as yesterday, we had our grand opening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at that grand opening, we had a total of 264,000. I still remember that number today. We had a total of 264,000 and some change uh, in terms of our inventory. So we had, we had a little over a quarter million dollars worth of inventory today we've got hundred and thirty thousand dollars of inventory so we've cut our inventory more than in half i mean you look at our handgun case there are fewer guns we really only keep the things that basically i don't want anything in the store that uh, that i don't think i can sell within four weeks 
So, so I want the aging of my products to be about four weeks. And beyond that, it's special order. So um, now uh, we used to, um, people who come in and they want something that's not in inventory that we would have to order for them, we call that special order. Um, special order used to be about 10 or 12% of our business. Today, it's almost 30% of our business. Wow. Because we, we've just had to reduce inventory. Uh, we've also, this time last year, and, I, and I'll tell you, this is where it really starts to affect people that are, that are listening to us right here. We used to employ 12 people. Uh, today, today we just had someone. Um, uh, we just had someone put in their two weeks' notice today, and we will not replace that position. And that takes us down to six. So in one year, we have reduced our staff by half. Um, our our revenue is off. It's not. Um, it's not catastrophically off, but it is off, and it's off for every, especially small gun shops. Um, it's off so for it's every small gun you, shop. But, it's, it's oh no, this is an indus- yeah. This is a it's a California thing, and it's an industry wide thing. Do you think it is it? California, but also like the new administration. So when I worked at the last gun shop uh, that I was working at, mm-hmm. uh, Glock Store, you know, one of the things was was like the Democratic administration was very profitable for guns, mm-hmm. um, you know, well, for for buyers because either something would happen and the political winds would shift and change where people would come in, or an accident happened would would happen in our backyard where people mm-hmm. actually became no kidding fearful for their lives to buy. Yeah. So that way, mm-hmm. and it was crazy because people would come in and. Buy, and by guns. Do you think that people are so comfortable now with the new administration being obviously Republican being the, mm-hmm. the um, you know, favorite, uh, you know, what, what, what am I looking for, Nathan? Um, like this current administration is pro yeah. gun, pro yeah, it's pro gun. Yeah, it's, so, it's favorable for for the gun administration. Do you think people are less scared and don't want to try and snatch up guns before I they think, think of I think that has something to do with it. I also think there's some fatigue in the market because we've had eight years of fear-based of panic buying, mm-hmm. and I think at some point panic buying peters out. And so I think I think in reality it's more about the the exhaustion of the panic buyer mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the administration. Though I do think that there's way too much attention paid to the federal government uh, and what's going on with the federal government. And people think, oh, Donald Trump is in office, so nothing can happen to my guns now. <laughs> um, and the fact that I mean, I will tell you on, on come to California. California and you'll find out <laughs> exactly. really quickly. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's the point is that so I would say every every single day I get at least two, sometimes more people email me either they PM me through Facebook mm-hmm. or they just email me uh, directly through the through the website or because they're just customers yeah, yeah, yeah. and they know my email address. Yeah. They will connect with me and say, "Did you hear about HR 1518 or 1582 or whatever the heck that bill is now?" Which is basically just. After the Florida shooting, Democrats, who know it won't go anywhere, created a full-out assault weapons ban. Basically, and, 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 and I, there's, another, there's another bill up there that was actually full-on gun confiscation. And, and a bunch of Democrats signed on to that. This this be, No, that's a, yeah. uh, where was that in Illinois? It was a little Springfield small town. Or Springfield small town. Some Deerfield or something Deerfield, like that yeah, 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 in yeah, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, that was a very local thing. Oh. I'm talking about something at the federal level. But the Democrats did that knowing it's not going to go anywhere. They just want to make a political statement because it's primary season right so it's primary season there used to there was a time about 10 15 years ago when everyone would hide remember all the people that voted for the clinton era gun ban a vast majority of them lost their seats in the next election right so so they did the clinton era gun ban and the next and that was and then in 94 so clinton was elected in 92 and then 94 we had the newt gingrich led republican revolution remember the contract with america and all that stuff well part of that part of that republican revolution was all all those you were probably too young (laughs) i am a very very old and ugly human being so i remember that um uh but uh but yeah so the the following year they had an election and the republicans swept the house and the senate uh the republicans had the senate for the first time in like 40 years um at that point and and that was largely because of 
of the the Clinton era assault weapons ban, um, which which went from '94 to um, to 2004. So um, so so there was a time when people would hide from their anti-gun. Uh, beliefs and now they wear it as a badge of honor. So you look at you know here in California, uh, you look at the Diane Feinstein primary yeah, commercials, yeah. and they were all about gun control, uh, outright calling for gun control. Uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, the guy who won the um, you know the far left socialist who won. I am scared that he's going to become our governor. I am is, is, is he positive he will be oh our governor. Is, he is, is he terrifying. The one that uh, that coined the term ghost gun. Uh, no, that was Kevin DeLeon. DeLeon, man. Yeah. And that was painful to watch. And Kevin DeLeon lost his bid for a Senate seat, so he's still going to be around for a little while. And then I, It would have been Lee, nice to move him up to the federal level. Who was a Democratic anti-gun senator got sent to jail Yeah, for... For gun running. For gun running with yeah. a triad. With no, the um who was Fish Boy? It wasn't Triad. He was a Filipino. He was Filipino. Mom. Yeah, Filipino. And Triad no, is tri- no, Chinese, tri- if I'm no, not mistaken. No, Triad is yeah, try it as Chinese, Yakuza. I don't know. I only know when I see a Mel Gibson <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, yeah he was working Jackie with Chan a with movies. a gangster. Called, yeah, he was working with a gangster called Fishboy. Did you see the And he and of- Fishboy were running freaking rocket rocket launchers into the U.S. Now, luckily, it was all he was working, was it was the gun. FBI, so the rocket launchers never actually made it in. But this is a guy who is more than willing. He is more than willing, and and like a cheerleader for taking guns away from law-abiding citizens, and yet he's working with a gang. To to bring, and I'm sorry, but a rocket launcher, talk about weapons of war, this favorite coin, yeah. this term that was coined by the left to refer think, to I a think. common semi-automatic AR. I mean, talk about weapons of war. This guy's trying to put weapons of war on the street, and he's the guy trying to take guns away from us. Once again, I say, do not ever trust your government. Everything your government touches <laughs> turns to garbage. Okay? All right. So, all right. back to the question you asked about what's going on with the, with the Trump administration. Here's the problem. Here in California, all of our problems start, uh, begin and end in Sacramento. Yeah. Every one of our problems beginning in Sacramento. But Fox News and MSNBC and CNN, they don't focus on Sacramento. They focus on Washington, right? right. I, dare, I defy anyone, anyone to watch any of the major 24-hour news networks for 24 straight hours and tell me how much time they spend on local politics, local races, local stuff. It's all, it's all Trump did this today and Melania said that today and somebody wore a pink dress. It's the most nonsensical, nonsense stuff. You know, if you watch CNN, it's all porn stars in Russia. If you watch, um, if you watch, <laughs> it, and if you and if, and if you watch and if you watch Fox News, it's all cheerleading, right? It's yeah. all cheerleading for for the Trump administration. How great Trump is, right? I mean, it's just look, man. It's 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 all propaganda, and it's it, you can either get your right facing your uh, your your right wing propaganda, or you can get your left wing propaganda. Uh, but it's all propaganda. And it's all nonsense. So, but that's what people see, right? Because that's what they're exposed to. That's what the news talks about. So everybody's worried about all these bills that are that are nothing more than political stunts. So people can make a statement during the primary season to fundraise um they know those bills aren't going to go anywhere but people it's a gun ban so people get upset about it right well they're looking at the gun ban over here so they're not looking at the gun ban here in california and it's really california so i do think to answer the question you originally asked i do definitely think there's something to be said for the fact that people feel comfortable uh gun owners feel comfortable that there's a republican in the white house and that bad things the monsters in the closet can't come out and get them now what they're not seeing is that the monster in the closet is here in California. It's not in Washington. Yeah. And our politicians, our politicians are so clever at how they do this. Remember, everybody thinks they're dumb, right? You guys remember the the um, the 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 Tucker Carlson segment where he was grilling some lady who wanted to ban certain features, and she didn't know what a ba- what a barrel shroud was, and she said, "Oh, it's the shoulder <laughs> thing that goes up." She's just making stuff up on the fly, right? I love the New York Times one where it says like you put a. 
you could put a chainsaw on the uh, on the uh, oh, rocket yeah, yeah, launcher yeah. stud. Like it was. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> chainsaw. Yeah, the chainsaw. Dude, for like... weeks, people like put, put pictures like, well, oh. someone put the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> on that. Put, like, a put a shark on there. Yeah, oh, like, the internet oh, memes. The internet memes on that were fantastic. Well, yeah. So you hear about you know the shoulder thing that goes up, and you hear about you know the the Death Star chainsaw gun, and you you know there was a when um, uh, what's his name uh, Colorado a few years ago was trying to a few years ago was trying to. Past the uh, uh, 15 round magazine limit, they they had one of their dude, one of their caused, state assembly people. That caused Magpul to pop smoke and yeah. go to Texas. They were yeah. like, they went this, to dude, Texas and here. what Minnesota? They split the company. Yeah, yeah they're. Um, I'm not so sure I, Minnesota is the best place. I'm from so Minnesota. Minnesota or Montana, one of the two. I, was I think it's say, Montana. Maybe. I don't think Minnesota is the best place because because it's blue. No, in fact, it's not yeah. Minnesota because of that. Okay, they went to Mon. I'm I'm nearly positive, and your your you listeners know, can correct me if I'm wrong. Minnesota, there's I think it's Minnesota or Montana rather. In Minnesota, Minnesota is actually mostly Democratic, but it's not the Democratic like you see in California. Mm -hmm. All right, so my dad works up. They're, at, they're union. They're blue collar Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Like my dad. California Democrats are so. My dad. Yeah, my uh -huh. my dad doesn't care about you know he's he works yeah. in the union whatever, but uh, he's all about guns, hunting, like the and I don't think he considers a Democrat anymore. Like. Like both my mom well, and dad don't consider Democrats anymore because they're like Northern Minnesota is a different type of. And Al Franken right. brought the California Democrats to Minnesota. They were like, "Well, this is a good this is a good frontier for Democrats because they're still Democrats, but they try to go from a blue collar Democrat to a California fart smelling, sniffing, uh, you know, like Democrat, like this." And the southern part of Minnesota took it. The rest of the part of Minnesota, you know, was like. Oh yeah, you know what? They're uh, yeah, no, we don't want that. You know, we're gonna go hunting and fishing and uh, get our CCW. So you know, and so the um, uh, I'm sorry, I just saw uh, the Caps just won the cup, and I'm a little disappointed <laughs> in that. Sorry, so I got a little distracted there. Well, yeah, I just got the, the flash. Well, let me do this. Let me let me switch what? gears from. Let's go from politics. Let's talk about you being an entrepreneur. So before Gunfire Tactical. Um, you worked a whole completely industry. Oh, Can you yeah, tell totally. us about that? What, what did you do before Gunfighter? So I was in the corporate world. I was a mm -hmm. corporate, and I worked at a desk. You know, I have the hands of a man who sat behind a desk his whole life. <laughs> were, were you corporate um, I, finance? Or? Uh, no, I was, uh, I was always on the operations side. So my title was vice president of business operations at a, at a, at a very quickly growing, very dynamic uh, web marketing company yeah. here in, um, in San Diego. Um, so I've always been in technology, uh, mostly, mostly for marketing companies and uh, and other types of software companies what was your um, degree in uh, actually I did not graduate I went to the University of Tennessee but you got to remember I'm a lot older than you guys so I was in college back in the dot-com era I, I, I graduated high school in 1992 and Tim Berner a guy named Tim Berners-Lee created uh, created the web browser and the and the internet as we know it today the World Wide Web mm -hmm. in 1993 yeah. so you know by the time I got you know three years into school there's 26 year olds all over the place becoming millionaires because they have a good idea and they know and they know where the any key is right so um, so <laughs> So, um, so I left, um, I did not matriculate. I left the University of Tennessee with about a year and a half probably left uh, and uh, went to chase software dreams. Never made that million dollars for knowing where the any key was, but <laughs> but I did well. I did, I did really well. For a guy who grew up poor white trash and, you know, no college degree, um, I did I did very well. I spent 25 years in the corporate world. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was lucky uh, because I entered the... 
I, I entered the business world when the business world was changing. And it turned out like back then it was like, now you actually have to prove yourself and know something. Back then it was mm. just like, the guy who knows enough about computers he's in charge. Like a guy who knows how to, you know, who you get a certain error message, what to do, that guy's in charge, right? And it's like the simplest stuff you could possibly yeah, imagine, yeah. right? But but I, but I you guys got to remember, we're transforming from like green screen VAC systems and typewriters and word processors to computers. Yeah. And I mean, this is back in the Windows 3.1 era. We didn't even have Windows 95 back then. You know, I'm I mean, this is- I'm going to pause you real quick too. You, you say luck, but I don't see it being luck in, in, in your case. Mm -hmm. you're, you're smart and you're a hard worker. Well, I appreciate that. I, I will say, yeah, I've always been willing to work. I mean, I was the guy who would do the 95 hour weeks and sleep under my desk and stuff like that. You know, I was, That's you know, I takes. was always a guy who was willing to put in the hours and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, I, there was an opportunity who matched with my, with my natural sense of curiosity and my skill level. And, um, and I, I would, I moved into a management position very early in my career, long before I was ready to do so. Um, I got put in charge because I knew the most, right? Um, and I didn't know a lot, but I knew the most, right? It's like, it's like, you know, there, there are pretty, there's, there's the prettiest girl in the room and then there's the pretty girl, right? Well, I was just the prettiest girl in the room. <laughs> I wasn't really pretty. I just happened to know more than anybody else. Um, so I got moved into a management position very early. Um, and I had great bosses, um, who were very patient with me and early in my career, I needed a lot of patience, uh, and really kind of brought me up. You know, again, I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an overly emotional person. I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm very quick to action. I have a real bias toward action. And in the dot-com era, you know, passion and a bias toward action could get you very, very far. Okay. So, um, so I just had some kind of natural personality traits to just kind of fit perfectly with where the business climate had gone in the mid nineties to early two thousands. Um, and I had, I got some great experience, um, that I probably didn't deserve, uh, based on my, based on my history and education. Um, and then ultimately, um, you know, moved out here to San Diego to work for um, to work for a company and then ultimately ended up with this other company and the company sold and I made a, just a little bit of money off of that um, not much I mean the the owner of the company walked away with lots and lots and lots of money and I did not <laughs> and that's okay I made a couple of bucks you know and it was enough to spin that into gunfighter okay so, so let's talk about your transition so you're not a veteran no, right? but uh, but you you support veterans like crazy. I yeah, appreciate and that. most but, of our employees yeah, yeah. are veterans. The co the other co owner of this right. business is a vet. And yeah, yeah, Lee. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So so you left the corporate environment and decided I'm going to open up a gun shop. Yeah. How? Tell me, like a, like how you made the decision, and two, like you're married, you mm -hmm. got a wife. How did she support that? How did you talk to her about? It? How did you pro that? Because we got veterans that are entrepreneurs. They're leaving the military right now, Absolutely. and they are looking to create businesses. Because right now is the best time to start a business. Like veterans, the, the post 9/11 veterans, I think Nathan, you might disagree with me, but right now the post 9/11 veterans are some of the most um, most entrepreneurial minds oh, right yeah. now. They're getting out, and they're looking to see how easy it is to really start a business. All you yeah. need is an LLC. You can do. Overnight, you know, uh, LLC and, you can create online exactly. through a company uh, through different what, LegalZoom, LegalZoom.com. I can't remember who I used. Uh, it wasn't LegalZoom because LegalZoom's prices were high and their customer services. But terrible. you can, but you can, but, um, you can do it so quick and. Um, Depending on what's MyCorp, MyCorp.com or MyCorporation.com is who I used. And you're right, it was literally 10 minutes in front of my computer and I had my LLC. How much did you pay for that? Oh gosh, well, I don't know, but it's it was like seven hundred dollars, right? Well, the, so it's eight hundred dollars a year, but that goes Jeez. to the state. What it actually cost me with mycorporation.com yeah. uh, was, uh, I think, it was like one hundred and twenty-nine bucks. 
Wow. $129 and 10 minutes. Uh, and then the seller's permit I did immediately after that. That was five minutes and it was free. Um, and Even then, the most like crayon-eating Marine can figure that one yeah. out. And I say that because I, mean, I am a Marine. It but. is. Look, guys, I'm telling you. If you if you can if you if you can and I can't think of a reason why you can't if you can start your own business start your own business the gig economy is here um, the days of going to work for somebody at the age of sixteen and punching out at sixty with a nice gold watch and a fat pension those days are over those you know days what? are over I, you got to get creative and I you got to create your own gig I, 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 I really like your word imagery yeah. man <laughs> and your your analogies are great yeah I I tell you I work for a great company. And, uh, but just, you know, um, I'm an outdoors guy, man. I sit in a mm. cubicle and I'm just like, yeah. I want to be out making money and doing my passion like it's outdoors, you know? And so it's, you made a jump. So, so when you, when you decided to open a gun shop, you had already left the company, right? Yeah, no, I actually left a company about two weeks after we officially opened. And that was just because I, I felt I felt an obligation to stay and close out some business. So I could have left before. I just I just chose not to. So you jumped off a cliff and decided I'm oh, yeah, to open again. Absolutely. So tell yeah. me tell me about the process of a um, articulating that decision to your wife mm-hmm. um, and B, what it really took to, to have that guts. I mean, because people just tell me it's like Brady. In order for you to run your own business, you have to basically burn and blow a bridge. So there's no way to get back, and you have you're forced to be successful. You have yeah, to do we it. Call it burning the ships. Burning yeah. the ships. Yeah. So tell me about your process. What did you do? All right. So for me, I first of all, I'm the child of small business owners, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents own an emu oil refinery called uh, Emu Oil. Emu is wow. a big bird. Yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. like the second largest bird in the world. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah. when you take the fat I from that bird, that you, it has these c- tremendous qualities for um uh it's it's um, for skin regeneration, stuff like that. You can use it in medical applications. No you can use it in uh, pharma, uh, not pharmaceutical. What's the word I'm looking for? No, cosmetic. Yeah, cosmetic. Phar- pharmaceutical and cosmetic applications. So, and I saw that business struggle for years. I mean, we lo- we literally almost lost the farm. Like we were, we were about thirty thousand uh, dollars, a thirty thousand dollar check away from losing the farm, and that check came in literally as the bank was showing up to foreclose. I mean, I, I am the child of small business owners who struggled for a for a decade and a half before their business finally took off. So I saw my parents, uh, my mom and stepdad, how they built that business. It was very inspirational to me. So I always wanted to kind of work for myself anyway, right? I'm, I'm a very creative person and I've always felt stifled by having a boss. So I always kind of wanted to be my own boss. Um, but the problem is I'm not good at anything. So so I thought <laughs> the, only, the only thing I know, the only thing I know is guns and hiking. Uh, and and those are and the only reason I know this is because I like those things. I love those things, right? I like yeah. to shoot. It's it's cathar it's a it's a cathartic thing for me, right? It's a it's a therapeutic thing for me, right? I, I've got a lot on my mind. I just go out with my 308, and I just you know it's just me and the wind and the target, and you know just you kind of get lost in it. Um, and hiking. And as I looked at it, there's no possible way you can make money in hiking gear. You just cannot. So if, unless you're selling online, okay. So you got to be able to sell online. Now um, I, I maybe I'm wrong because Kit Fox seems to be doing okay. I was gonna say we're just talking to Kit. Well, he, yeah. did, he sells a lot online. He does so, sell. He will. Yeah. yeah, Kit. You know, Colin sells a lot online and a lot. Of, I mean, if you're not using the internet right now, you're a fool in business. Yeah. I mean, they're right. using Facebook. Oh. It's free. I mean, you you work around their analytics, but you can you can exploit Facebook and Instagram. Instagram's mm-hmm. a 
crazy. Yeah. So we're actually, well, I'll, I'll answer your first yeah, question yeah, first and yeah. then we can talk about other things later. But yeah, yeah so um, so the problem is I'm not good at anything. So I, I, I either was either going to sell or do something with, with hiking gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I decided there's just no good way to make money with that or with guns. Um, and I decided to give it a try. And honestly, what we found was this, this, um, this little gun shop, tiny, as I said, almost no revenue. It was failing. The governor, the, 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 um, the couple that owned it were very honest with them. They told me that they were six weeks away from their license needed to be renewed. And, um, and they had decided at that point, remember that's back when the license was 680 bucks. They were not going to spend that money. So they were going to kill the store. They were going to liquidate the store. Um, if, um, if they didn't find a buyer. So I thought, I mean, for the amount of money they were asking for their store plus their inventory, I thought, why not? You know, if nothing else, I can just liquidate the inventory and we'll at least break even and I'll go back to the corporate world. You know, so I thought, why not? Um, And four years later, here I am. So now you asked a question, how do I get my wife to go along? I mean, the fact is my wife, (laughs) my wife is my best friend. My wife, my wife and I, look, I mean, we have husband and wife issues like anybody else, right? I mean, occasionally we get, we get, um, we get itchy with one another but the fact is my wife is this incredibly supportive person now is this your um, wife lee your co-owner or is this your no <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, it's, lee, it lee, feels yeah. like that sometimes yeah, yeah. so uh, lee, lee and i do bicker like wife. an old married couple yeah, at times yeah. but we always come back together lee and i are lee yeah. and i are close we have Lee's a very awesome. a very healthy unhealthy relationship it's, it's actually no i'm kidding we, we have a good relationship but yeah. no my wife my wife monica is just yeah, yeah. is just that she's my best friend and um she knew that this is something I wanted to take a chance on. She was 100% supportive of it. Um, and I think you have to be because when you go into small business, it's a team effort. Make no mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is you are jumping from a secure boat into very rough waters. Being a small business owner, there are no guarantees. There are there are months that go by when I wonder if I'm going to be able to make payroll, let alone be able to pay my mortgage, right? I've never missed a mortgage payment yet. I did one time. I paid the mortgage about four days late. <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, you 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 talk to this person, you talk to this person, you talk to her about the risks. Um, you, you, you just be totally open kimono about the whole thing and tell her this is a risk. This is something that, 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 you know, could hurt us. Um, but I believe in it and it's something I want to do and it's something I'm passionate about and you can't do it if you're not passionate about it. Um, because it requires everything. Being a small business owner requires 100% of your being. It, it is something you go to bed with every night. It is something you wake up with every morning. It, it is as much a part of your life as your wife and family. And if you are not willing to make that commitment, you should not do it. Um, because so, it, man or woman, you know, partner, talk to your partner about what it is that you're trying to communicate. Yeah. That's my goals. Just be Listen honest. To their yeah. Just be honest. Look, the fact is, even if you don't sit down and write a business plan and I would, and I would caution anyone from going into business without writing a business plan, at least, at least sketching down, uh, at least sketching down like a five paragraph. This is, you know, this is what I want to do. You know, this is my goal. This is how I'm going to accomplish it. You know, at least just sit down and write a four or five paragraph thing that tells a person, you know, that tells yourself so that you can kind of stay centered on what your goal is and how you plan to get there. Doesn't mean you can't deviate from that plan, right? Plans were made to be mm-hmm. changed, but um, but you should understand exactly what it is you want to do, uh, what the challenges are, and how you're going to overcome those challenges. And 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 you got to have an honest conversation with your significant other because you are betting everything. Understand, man. I bet my house on this. Um, I've bet my retirement. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I've bet I bet everything on this business. I yeah. mean, if this business folds, I'm ruined. And I have to start over from scratch. I'm that 25-year-old kid or 20, 
two-year-old kid again going into the corporate world for the first time still wet behind the ears you know i'm starting over right i've, I've four years out of the corporate world now i can't it's not an easy transition back now no right i mean it's it, this is where i am this is who i am now and and i have to make this work you know and and once you once you get it's like any other boat right you get far enough away from shore and this is this is the voyage now you know you can't get back to shore at some point i mean i there is no corporate world for me anymore there is only this so so thank you for answering that you know it's 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 hard starting a business man and like it is all veterans are entrepreneurs now oh but it's so worth it it's so worth it it's so worth it um um it's it's so worth it i cannot imagine having a boss again I yeah. cannot imagine having to having to live my life by someone else's buy or leave. I just can't imagine that now. I've I've I feel like I would live in a refrigerator box under a bridge somewhere before before I go back and work in the corporate world. I mean, it would be a rough transition back to the corporate world, as I just said. Uh, but I would make that transition. I could do that. I probably wouldn't start back at the vice president you, level again. I'd probably do, go back to a manager or director level. But I could do it. You got to do um, what you got to do to yeah. survive and live. You got to. You gotta, and that's one thing about like a. I've learned I've had to suck up a lot of my pride mm-hmm. uh, to make oh, yeah. things work. I've had to look, like, yeah. look, you know, I get upset sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, you know, this is, you know, I have my bad feelings. But then I look at what I'm being provided and I look at, like, my, my four-year-old, right, and how I'm able to provide for her at the moment. It's like, all right, you know what? That's worth it itself. So sometimes you just got to suck up your pride yeah. and, and go with it. So you, anyone's going to make it work. So let me ask you now. So you're an entrepreneur you you're not a veteran, but you employ a lot of veterans. You employ yeah. you have employed a lot of in veterans. In fact, I too. think I'm the only now yeah. that Dave is gone. I think the, I'm the only non-veteran in the store. Oh, Q. Yeah. Uh, so Q so, and I are not veterans. Everyone right. else is. Yeah. So let me ask you: You're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. You're a boss. You're a leader, right? When veterans come to you, what turns you off, and what do you look for in veterans that you you want to hire? All right. So first of all, let me say you have to have a resume. You have to yeah. have a resume, and so many military guys come to me. They're they're a month or a year um, out of being uh, out of the service, and they don't have a resume. You have to have a resume, even if you went from high school right into the service, and now you're out. You did four, or six, or eight years in, and now you're out, and you're looking for your first non-military job. You have to have a resume. Okay, so so get me something. Give me something that I can look at. And maybe this is just my my corporate background speaking, but I need to look at something and know who you've done or, or, or where. where. <laughs> you know, you know what? Depending be. depending on what branch of service you go to, that may not be questions. That may not be answers you want. You want Probably to not. So, who you so I need to know what you've done. Like like I can look at your military record and yeah. know kind of what skills you're bringing to the table, right? I need to be able to see that, right? Because you got to understand, you are one of of probably 20 people that are uh, that are that are looking for this position i have to i got a store to run i've got employees to you know to take care of i got customers to take care of man i can't i can't call all 20 of those people in for an interview of those 20 people i'm probably calling five of them for an interview and you want to be at the top of that list right so get me some kind of resume okay just just anything um and the second thing is, in a small business like mine, um, coming in and introducing yourself is actually kind of a big deal. Um, if um, uh, just just walking in, I mean, it, we are you got to remember we are a small small business, and I'm here, right? I work behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like um, it's not like you're sending some resume off to some nameless, faceless um, uh, HR department, right? Yeah, I mean, some, some so recruiter. actually walking in and handing me your resume and introducing yourself, you're likely to get a conversation. What essentially amounts to a, a mini interview right there. Yeah. Um, so if you walk in on a small business, I would not do this to a 
big business. But with a small business like mine, walk in and personally deliver your resume, that's a big deal. That 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 goes a long way for me. Just to be able to to put a face to a name, to put to put a personality, right? Because so much of what we're hiring for here is a personality match, mm-hmm. right? I, I want to see someone. What I look for in a candidate. Yeah, above all else. I mean, you gotta you gotta be able to show up on time. You can't show up, you know, reeking like you know you just vomited all over yourself last night. You know, I mean, you, you have to you have to you have to present yourself well. And I don't mean suit, suit and tie. I mean, all of our interviews are you know with people in t-shirt and jeans, and that's yeah. okay. A confidence um, and air about you. Ex- you know? Exactly. Yeah. But but I want to I, I when I hire someone, the only thing I really ask of them is that they are reasonable, responsible, mature, and professional. And if you can just be wow. those four things, you can work here. That's the only four requirements. The only thing that gets you fired from Gunfighter Tactical is being rude to a client or being rude to your teammates, right? I expect us to run a, a place where people want to work. You know, we are a service-first business. Uh, I want our customers to look. We have passionate passionate customers and our customers are passionate because they see us as real people who will get the job done for them right um and you know i mean our customer service look i've always said great service is the only truly sustainable competitive advantage okay people will hire away your best salespeople. you may have better technology but other companies will eventually catch up with you the one thing that no one can trump you on if you do it right is great service great service lives forever because it creates passion in your client base and it creates loyalty within your client base let me ask you um what's easier to teach what would you rather hire someone with great customer service or someone with great knowledge of guns. Oh, absolutely customer service. I can t- I have literally seen a horse deal cards. Okay? You can train a horse to deal cards. I have seen that in my life. I've seen a horse deal cards. I can teach YouTube. anyone, anyone to do the physical stuff. I can teach anyone. Look, the fact is I'm a hobbyist. I didn't know that much about guns. I knew what I knew about guns, but one of the reasons why Lee is a partner in this, I would never have done this without Lee because he's the gun guy, I'm the money guy. He's the gun guy, I'm the business guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh I mean I I can I can teach anyone the gun stuff. I can teach anyone the gun stuff as long as you have a willingness to learn. As long as you are open-minded, as long as you come in and you don't think you know everything, if you're open-minded and and you don't pretend you know things you don't know, because trying to chop through that barrier is annoying. So if you don't know something, admit it. It is okay. I will teach anyone anything. But a customer service skill deals with an empathy that is deep inside of you, and you either have that or you don't. I don't believe that you can learn the customer service skill. Uh, I, I I think that you either have it or you don't. And I think you can learn to be polite to people don't get me wrong I think you can learn to be polite to people but you either have you're either empathetic or you're not and I want to hire people who have a deep sense of empathy people who take the customer's pain personally onto themselves and make it their pain you know and I don't know that you teach that um, I so yeah I want to hire someone who has the 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 the, the maturity to be able to understand that the customer is what pays our bills the customer is not always right the customer is absolutely not always right but the customer is deserving of respect. The customer is deserving of a reasonable response to any question. I cannot stand it when you walk into a gun shop and uh, you say, hey, can I see that, um, that uh, Springfield 1911? And the response is, oh, you don't want to see a 1911. Let me show you this Glock 19. <laughs> you know, I can't stand that. Gun the customer comes right. in looking for a 1911. You show them the 1911. Right. Now, it's okay to, in your conversation with the client, to ferret out what it is they're going to do with that gun and suggest better options. But if they come in looking for that 1911, you show them that 1911. That's Absolutely. where you start. And everything else, the, the 
conversation can blossom from there. So in answer to your question, I, I'm looking for the customer service skills because I can train the gun stuff. I don't care if you if you worked in the armory. Uh, if, if you're rude to my customers, I cannot use you. So let me ask you, um, and I know you may not be comfortable doing this, but I want to know what are the pet peeves that you have with veterans coming looking for jobs, right? So this is a veteran. This is a veteran show. We're talking. We, our audience is veterans and stuff like that, right? And so the best way we can help veterans is help them understand the negatives and positives, right? Mm-hmm. When a veteran walks into a place, you know, what about some personalities you come across that you that you would that you would tell a veteran to change, right? What would you say to a veteran that comes in and you're like, I would hire you, but mm-hmm. right here's some things that you need to work on with with yourself or personality-wise uh, before I can hire you. What makes a veteran unhirable? Okay, so again, for me, I'm looking for four things. Reasonable, responsible, mature, professional. Can you say that one more time slower? Reasonable, responsible, mature, and professional. And then I want everyone to get a pen and paper, write this down one more time. <laughs> if you are reasonable, responsible, mature, and professional, we can do anything. We can do anything. Beautiful. Because I'll teach anyone, anything. I'm still learning. Guys, I'm telling you what, I've owned this business for four years and I still learn new stuff about new guns I've never seen before every single day. It is okay. Every single day, our gunsmiths show me something I didn't know. Every day. I don't expect you to know everything. And you asked about my biggest pet peeve. Confidence is important. It's a job interview. You want to put yourself forward, but you also need to be humble. Okay, you need to understand you don't know everything, right? Most of the veterans that are common uh, applying for us are younger guys, right? They don't really have a lot of business acumen. And that is okay because again, that's a physical thing we can teach, right? That's a that's a that's a thing you can learn, right? The thing that annoys me the most is, you know, we get the guys who, because they've cleaned an M4, you know, for the last four years, they think they know everything about guns, <laughs> right? But they've yeah. never, they've never, they've, they don't know the first thing about, I mean, they've never touched a shotgun. They've never touched a handgun. They don't really understand the difference between, say, like a Glock and a, you know, and a, and a, um, um, uh, and a Springfield XD. They don't understand why someone might want a grip safety versus not wanting a grip safety, stuff like that. But they come in and they think it's a job interview, so they've got to be, they've got to be confident. they got to put themselves out there. They have to be able to admit no wrong. Be humble. Admit when you don't know yeah. something. Admit when you need to learn something. And that is okay. Um, for me, it's um, when you try to talk to someone, um, you know, you try to, someone comes in and it's like, um, yeah, I, I'm great at dealing with the guys in my barracks, so I can handle your customers just fine. I, those, that's a quote. <laughs> I've had someone say that to me before. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a quote. So, I mean, and it's just, man, I got to tell you, that's a turnoff because you just don't get it. It just shows me you don't have the basic understanding of how my business works. And, and, any interviewer wants to understand you should do prep work before you walk into any interview and i don't care if you're walking into an interview where you're flipping hamburgers where you're flipping hamburgers or whether you are selling guns or whether you're going to go you know sell stocks for some you know for you know some fortune 500 company man i mean you should do homework on your company you should know what they sell you should know about how they sell it you should at least know you know in a store like mine what are the hours of operation you know um what is going to be compatible with your schedule and stuff like that right mm-hmm. um you know do a little research on the on the business um collect intel research, exactly collect research, intel research. i hate to yeah research, Not just research, on the research. Business. come in and buy if i mean come in and buy a box of nine mil 
right? Come in and buy a box of nine mil. You're gonna shoot that stuff anyway, right? You got your nine mil at home. Um, so come in and buy a box of nine mil. Come in as a customer for you know two days before you come in for your interview, right? And come in and get the lay of the land and see how the staff behaves toward one another. Pay attention to things, right? How does the staff interact with one another? How is the staff interacting with the clients, with the customers, which is the most important thing, right? Um, are we are we the gun shop where you know are we the gun shop where you walk in and no one says anything to you? You get to walk around, pick up your purchase, come to the counter, and then you know we you know we don't have a word to say to you. Or are we the gun shop that greets everyone when they come through the door, ask them if they need any help, see if you know, let them know that we've got water and coffee for free up front. I mean, see how what is our relationship with a client, and come in and understand that's going to be expected of you. And I want to know that you've seen that, that you understand that, right? Uh, so many, so many folks come in, and they're they're only experienced. So many veterans rather come in, and their only experience in the in the work in the working world is the military. And the military can teach you some great skills, but the most important skill the military can teach you is adaptability. And understand that the skills that made you um, uh, the skills that made you successful in your military career may or may not directly translate to to a non-military job. Many of those skills will transfer, but you need to be self-introspective enough to understand what skills do I have what skills do I have that is going to help this employer? What does he actually need from me? Uh, and, and what skills do I have that probably aren't going to be put to good use here? And just understand, you want to put your best foot forward in that interview. And so much of that is knowing yourself. It's like Sun Tzu said, know yourself, know your enemy, right? Know yourself, know, know the business that you're actually applying the, uh, to, to work for. And that can be done the basic, the, the basic reading reviews on Yelp. Uh, reading, um, uh, you know, know what we did right, know what we did wrong. Uh, read our web page. You know, go out to calguns.com. We got there's a thread of customers uh, of our customers on calguns.com talking about us. It's 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 almost entirely positive. So I mean, go read that stuff. Know what we do well. Know what we don't do well. I've written a couple of blog posts. Uh, I've written quite a few blog posts. Read those blog posts so you know I'm the guy interviewing you. You can tell a lot from my blog post because I'm an emotional guy, right? And and my emotion comes out and when I write and when I speak, right? You know, you can read into that stuff and know like what is important to me i wrote a blog post on on you know california gun laws you know two weeks ago that's important to me that's top of mind be prepared to talk about that kind of thing. The basic research. You can do 30 minutes of research um, and, and walk into an interview extremely well prepared. It drives me nuts when someone comes into an interview and they are obviously unprepared. They don't know anything about my company. Uh, they don't really know what the job is they're applying for. They just say, oh, gun shop. I like guns. I'll go work at a gun shop. And it's just like, that's not enough, guys. Well, do you think they take it like they think it's like too simple to work at a gun shop. I think there's just, oh, all I got to do is point to a gun, fill up paperwork. and All I need to know is how to clean, uh, how to clean uh, an M4 and they'll teach me how to use the cash register. And that's, and that's not enough. It's just not, no, it's, it's just not. not. Can, you got to do yeah. the, the, just the most basic level of prep. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about writing a freaking dissertation on my business, right? I'm talking about doing about 30 minutes of, of review and reading. And that's all it you really takes. You find a lot of information in 30 minutes. I mean, our Facebook page is all the information you need. Our blogs are all the information you need. Our Yelp reviews are all the information you need. So across the board, I mean, looking at different jobs, obviously we need to look at information. The way I got my job, I looked up information about the three people I was interviewing. And I, I'll tell you what, veterans are great at Facebook stalking. They're great at social media <laughs> stalking. We, we want to find information. We're great at it. And we've been taught that in the military, collect basic levels of intel. Now we need basic levels of intel. Use that skill to find out what you exactly. really want, what you really need to get that job you want. Right. If you're not conducting a little bit of intel operation, thinking you're, you know, uh, 007 behind that computer looking <laughs> information, you're not doing it right. You right. Don't really don't want that job. Just, I mean, are you going to that job? I mean, because if you're going to a job unprepared, you could have done better things that day, mm -hmm. right? Why would you go to a job unprepared and not 
have done your research. You just decide that you're you got so much money that I'm gonna waste thirty dollars in gas and waste three hours of my time, oh, yeah. your own time. Like that, that's how well, much money. And just clearly, if you're willing to waste even, that much time, you don't need the money. And it's not even that, but it's wasting my time. And exactly. and honestly, as a small business owner, who man, I have to step and fetch all day long. And uh, I mean, there's no slow period here, right? Even during the slow period, I'm answering email, I'm putting something out on Facebook, I'm I'm cleaning the shelves, I'm doing. You know, it's a retail business, right? There's a lot of stuff that has to be done. If you're wasting my time, that annoys me. If you show up unprepared for an interview, you're wasting my time. What people don't understand is when you go do an interview, the person has a job to do. And they are stopping their job to interview you. They are still getting paid. The company is losing money by interviewing you because no work is getting done and they have to interview you. So they spend three hours with you alone or an hour or two hours and they have five of the people interview that day. Mm -hmm. You are wasting a lot of their time. They look at that. They go, you're wasting my time. There's no way. You can't just interview unprepared. No. Be be prepared. Um, uh, have be prepared when you go into an interview and have questions. That's an excellent point, Nate. Um, dude, I'm telling you, have questions. If you tell me you don't have questions, that tells me you didn't do your research. And the question should not be, well, how much money do I make? I don't want to hear <laughs> that. Right. Uh, um, so your question should be, you know, um, tell me about tell me about the culture of your company. Right. Oh, the things that one. matter. Is this is this is this a good fit for you? You should be you should be interviewing your interviewers as hard as they are interviewing you because you. You want to know look man this is a small business and even in big business it's 90 percent of of being successful in your job is being a culture fit with that company and with your team yeah. it's just like the military you got to get along with guys you got to be able to work together with people it is a team effort right there's no such thing as a one-man army i always hated that that <laughs> yeah. u.s army, uh, army slogan army, yeah. i'm the army of one no yeah. no you're not there's a lot of guys and they all dress <laughs> like you it is not it is not an army of one man it takes a team to successfully do anything you guys do in the military well the same is true in the working world the same is true here we talked about my business partner Lee earlier. He's the gun guy. I'm the business guy, right? I could never do this business without Lee. I will, I will absolutely admit if Lee handed me his resignation today, tomorrow morning, I would wake up and sell my business. I wouldn't want to do it without, I don't want to do it without him. We make a great team. Um, as pissy as he and I get with one another every now and then, we make an awesome team. I would All never do so with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We are like an old married couple at times. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, um, yeah, you don't waste my time. Show up and be prepared um, and, and, and make sure that this is going to be a good fit for you and not just a good fit for me. So, Nate, that was an excellent point. Ask questions. Ask questions. So I have three questions for you. One's going back to a term that you mentioned. I, I kind of got the gist of it, but I want to know more. You said open kimono. <laughs> so can can you go into more detail about open that? kimono just means look man you know i i'm i'm i am a person who wears all my emotions on my sleeve right i don't you ask me a question you're going to get an honest answer even if it's a self-deprecating thing i don't i don't i don't really hide anything i am who i am and i like who i am um so when i say things like open kimono open kimono just means completely open uh it just means i'm not hiding anything i mean open I'm, kimono. I'm getting a nice mental image yeah yeah you don't want to see me open kimono <laughs> i am a i am an, an old man and i married a mexican girl so i'm not in the shape i used to be in so <laughs> my wife warned me marrying a mexican girl was going to make me fat so. <laughs> so so she does the cooking then yeah oh yeah uh well she and i both do the cooking um she and i both do the cooking but uh we actually um yeah i mean my wife and i oh, are yeah. very we we're both we both work and we don't have kids right we're foster parents but we don't uh we don't uh, we don't have kids of our own so we 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 split the household chores and stuff like that so so then my other question is you had mentioned um a business plan 
when you developed your business plan, did you go straight to the bank with it, or did you just develop it for yourself? Well, I or didn't. Or you and and Lee? I didn't look for any bank funding for to open my business, so I did not go to the to the bank, and I did not have a formal business plan that I would need in order to present to a bank uh, because I wasn't going to a bank. I did write a business plan because I spent 25 years plus in the corporate world, and I knew how to write a business plan. I knew how companies use business plans, and I knew that that was important. So, um, so I wrote a business plan for my own edification, but no one ever saw that business plan but me. Sometimes I go back and look at. At it um, and see uh, how the business has grown since then. It brings a big smile on my face. Now, one thing I, I will say, if you're starting, business plans can be difficult. Don't, don't ever go to Wikipedia and look up business plan or Google how to write a business plan because you'll, it's a freaking 26 page book about, and it's like, uh, you know, start with this, start with that. And it's gonna be using a lot of terms you've never understood. Unless you spend 30, 35 freaking years in the business world, in the corporate world, you probably can't write, a, sit down and write a business plan, right? And the, and, the, and the software packages that do that where you just type things in, those are just, those aren't real business plans. And anyone who's spent time looking at business plans can tell you did this with, with software where you're just filling, where you're just, just checking boxes yeah. and letting the computer write the write the text for you. Don't do that, okay? It's a waste of your time. Um, <clears throat> for military guys, especially, one thing, one brilliant piece of advice I heard was from the actually from the guys from uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. What's their um, launch code? I think is the name of their podcast. That's, um, that's one of them. They have Drinker Bros podcast. And, yeah, and Launchcast. And then that small, small, isn't that small Article Fifteen? It's got the Drinker Bros podcast, and then. Yeah, Black rifles. The same. Yeah. Well, they're the same. So, yeah, they're yeah. cool partners, aren't they? Yeah. One of, one of the things they said, and I think it's brilliant advice for for uh, for military guys, is write an op order. Don't write a business plan. Sit down and write an op order. Okay. Write uh, write 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 just a five paragraph op order. For this is where I'm going. For Marines, that's SMEAC. SMEAC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. SMEAC. <laughs> so guys, Army's op yeah, order. Yeah, <laughs> uh, order. Yeah. So for Marines, Craniers out there, SMEAC, right? SMEAC. Yeah. Uh, so which is an acronym for what? Uh, situation, mission, execution, uh, uh, execution, command, logistics, admin, and signal. Communication, signal, admin, and logistics, yeah. But, but, like th that. but think about that. That <laughs> yeah, acronym, yeah. and I'm sure I could Google that and figure out what that is because I don't know what it is either. I wasn't a Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but think about that. Situation. What is the business climate I'm entering into? What is my mission? What am I trying to accomplish inside of that business, inside of that business climate? That is, that is a business plan. Okay, your SMEAC is a business plan. What is the business environment? What am I trying to accomplish within that business environment? What? How am I going to? Uh, how am I going to execute that um, uh, uh, to achieve that goal? I mean that that your SMEAC or your op order that is a business plan. Okay, so don't worry about writing the the formal thirty four page, you know, forty eight <laughs> page. You know, I, I wrote a business plan once that was well over one hundred fifty pages. Wow! Uh, oh, it was a giant company. It was a mess, and we did we did end up getting that. the I could the funding. See you doing that. Hey, How we, long did that take? We, uh, it took weeks. Well, I mean, it took in terms of man hours, it took weeks. In actual real time, it took about a week because I, you know, I worked like, you know, 90, 100 hour weeks to get it done. Yeah. Um, back in the dot-com era, you got to understand, back in the dot-com era, which is when I grew up, dedication started at 90 hours a week. If you weren't willing to sleep under your desk, the company could not use you. Okay. Now, I, I'd love to touch on that that's, because that's I think especially, right I think especially for the millennials growing up, I would advise going in a completely opposite direction. Okay. Now that I've got 20 some odd years of experience, I, I would love to touch on that at some point, but that's probably a whole show. So um, now, um, your op order is a business plan. Your SMEAC is a business plan. Okay. So, so it, um, it's not something that a bank will loan you a, a million and a half dollars on, but, but you're not going to get a million and a half dollars unless you, uh, unless you got a, a ton of intellectual capital or something to 
to put on the line for it, right? And most of most of the folks listening to this, they don't need a million and a half dollars to start their business. They need they need a desk and and a passion for something, right? They need somewhere to sit to sit down to do it, and they need and they need the passion to drive them to get it done, right? And in that case, your op order will be fine. Just 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 sit down and write something. Get something in writing so it's clear to you how to get started. Yeah. So in terms of writing a business plan, I would actually advise unless you're unless you're doing something where a business like looking for a bank loan or uh, or some type of private funding that would require a business plan, don't worry about the business plan. Write a a smaller, shorter version of a business plan that you can get through in an hour. Again, all you need all you need is is some passion and the idea of you know you're, you're thinking about a business because you know what you want to do. And whether it's retail or or software or whatever, you know what you're trying to accomplish. Write it out. You know, put it in black and white so it's clear to you and everyone around you. And then I was surprised too. So you still recently or currently you still get veterans that don't have resumes? Oh, oh, I would venture to guess when we are hiring, and again, this past year we've been cut, not cutting staff, we haven't let anyone go, but we have not been re, um, we haven't been um, rehiring when we, you know, when someone attrits, when someone leaves. Um, yeah, absolutely. When we have a, uh, I would, in fact, I would tell you that the majority of veterans that come to us looking for work do not have a resume. That's surprising because I know, I mean, I got out four years ago, so I, I know that they still do it. Uh, I think in the Army, I don't know if it was the same in the Marines, we call it TAPS. Mm-hmm. And when we go through the TAPS program, the transition program, it was mandated we had to create a resume. That's that. You know, it's funny. It's like you mentioned TAPS. Like I, TAPS, like for the Marine Corps, they need to update that. And here's why. Like, so when I was in TAPS, they, they are. They're we, updating. We had like an 80 year old dude telling us about his experience transitioning, and God knows, like 1897 or whatever. <laughs> no, like he was getting out, like you know, and it's like a World War II veteran was telling us, like, hey, this is what you need to do when you get out of the military. It's like, are right, things have, like. For us in the, in the Marine Corps, we look at TAPS as like, all right, I'm skating out of work this week. Like, at noon, it's like, all right, check it out. No one's paying attention. They're on their iPhones. Like, it's usually going to be updated. Um, and even some of the resume advice just these days are not kind of, When I was getting out, it wasn't cut. I'm sure things have changed now. Um, but What it's, I'm saying is yeah. it may not be the best advice, but at least they have a resume, and they should bring at least something in. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the, the employer, remember, I've spent, I've spent damn near 30 years looking at resumes. The employer is looking for certain things on a resume because, you know, if I see your, your past job title, I know about what skills you've got, right? I, I, I pretty much know what people who have that job title do. And things I'm sure were different at your company versus another company versus being in the military or something like that. But I, I'm going to look at your resume and I'm going to know. Remember, I've got, I've got 20, 30, 50 resumes to look through and I only have time to talk to four or five guys. So I'm trying to, I'm basically looking for the top 10%. And I'm going to bring the top 10% in for an interview. And, and if you don't, if you don't it, present yourself well on paper, you'll never get the chance to present yourself well in person. Well, let me ask you. You see someone on paper, right? Does it matter to you if they're military or civilian, if they're qualified? Oh, it absolutely does. In this business uh, and, in my, and in my corporate business, it did. There are, certain, there are certain qualities military people bring to the table that non-military people absolutely do not. Generally speaking, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw I'm gonna paint with a very broad brush here. Okay, there are millions of exceptions to what I'm about to say. Generally speaking, military folks can suck up the drama and and um, and and be professional 
in an environment where non-military people, especially the millennial generation, just brings all kinds of emotion and drama to a situation. Military people are more able to cut through the drama, uh, and I have no patience, no patience for workplace drama. Okay, leave your drama at home. I, man, this business... Yeah, second that. Exactly. Yeah. Leave your workplace drama at home. Now listen, if you have friends here, it's okay to unload on them. It's okay to talk to them. You know, if your boss is your friend, it's okay to talk to them. But you got to understand, you have to be reasonable, responsible, mature, and professional. You have to be mature enough and professional enough to know when to leave the drama behind and when to bring it forward and talk, okay? And that is okay. Um, um, you, um, so military people are, are more likely to play well with others. Military people are more likely to buckle down and get a job done despite adversity. Um, military people, in my experience in the corporate world, uh, and I've worked with hundreds of people that were both military and hundreds of people that were not military in my career. And, um, and I'll tell you, by and large, um, uh, military people are, are, are more dedicated to a mission. Um, they're more likely to hit a deadline. Um, managers, uh, people in a management position who are responsible for a budget uh, with a military background are much more likely to hit their, to hit their budget. Um, Non-military people um, are, in my experience, always thinking of all these great reasons why they should go over their budget. And, and it's just, you know, sometimes it's okay, right? If there's an opportunity for growth, maybe we do blow a budget. But not always, right? I mean, the board is counting on us to hit that budget, and we got to hit it. And military people are more likely to color within the lines uh, on, on, on just those very mundane budgetary matters that every Every company has to deal with at some point. Whether you're looking at a mom and pop shop like Gunfighter, or whether you're, you know, back working. I used to work for BMC Software, which was what 60,000 employees worldwide. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you you have a responsibility, and and you know, yeah. I think in in my experience, in my experience, veterans bring bring something to the table that non-veterans don't in this in this business in particular uh in the in the gun business obviously military people are better than hobbyists like me i would not hire me <laughs> i mean i might because i got well, i, well, I like my personality thing, i like the way the i interact thing, with customers you're but military doesn't but, necessarily mean you know oh absolutely like, I mean, you, you could be a pogue or you could just yeah yeah, yeah. yeah be grunt special forces super underwater and just scuba sniper yeah. jedi <laughs> the problem is is like like you said earlier though customer service is key yeah. Right. Like you know, it's funny. It's like being being a marine. Right. When when we go to the range, we walk away with an expert badge, but what we don't realize when we get out, that means nothing. Mm -hmm. Like use your rifle expert means that you can stand at the 500 yards and peg a target with open sights. Or now it's ACOGs now. <laughs> um, but uh, that means nothing. Cause I was funny. It's like when I was working on that last job, you know, the fire instructor. These guys would come in like, "You want me to take you in the range and and uh, have you shoot the gun and learn how to shoot?" And I, Nah, it's all right. I'm a Marine. I know how to shoot. Like, oh, <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I'm admin. Like, all right, so you go to the range once a year. Like, <laughs> I'm a you're an expert. Yeah, yeah, I'm an expert shooter. Like, that makes you that that means shit. That means all. But, but so the story this, and the story you just recounted is what I yeah. mean about being open minded, right? Yeah. Be confident, but also be humble. Right, I mean, because the guy who comes in and tries to convince me that he knows everything about guns because he's been cleaning his rat grade M4 for the last four years, that person, that person is quite frankly, that person's annoying, yeah, right? Yeah. If you if you walk in and it's just, I mean, it's just, it, it's just, I don't want to work with that guy, right? If I have to convince a person that he doesn't know everything he thinks he knows, that's annoying to me, and I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that, man. I got stuff to do. This is a small business, man. There's no downtime here. I mean, a key thing that I that I hear is is humbleness. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've done a lot of great things, and you're still super humble, and that's, that's, that's today, amazing. Today, I walked in. He's known me for how many years? We've worked with each other for so long. I walk in the door, and he stops what he's doing. Hey, Brady. 
Mm-hmm. And then right back to what he's doing, he greeted me the first thing at the door. So, I mean, it's humility, humbleness is, is key. And I'll admit, I, I, I come off it's, as cro- cocky across a few people, which is fine. <laughs> that's me who I am. But that's the biggest thing coming and, as a veteran is just... When you're going for a job interview. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, in a job interview, you want to be yourself, right? Because they're looking for a culture fit as much as they're looking for a skill fit. So be yourself, okay? And if you're a cocky guy, be cocky. I'm not saying don't be cocky. (laughs) I'm not saying don't be, I'm not saying don't be confident because confidence can, confidence can carry you a long way, right? Yeah. Um, That, you know, just having that can-do attitude. What I'm saying is be open-minded, Right. Don't don't come in here and tell me you know everything you you need to know because you've been cleaning your rat grade M four. You know. I mean, it's just. I, I mean, it's just. I just. I need. I need more from you than that. I need you. I need to see a level of. You know, you're going to be working with customers, and not all customers are easy to work with, right? You know, you cannot reason with unreasonable people, and some of our customers are unreasonable, right? And you have to find a way to satisfy that customer, right? Um, you have to find a way to try and reason with someone that is not reasonable, and that's not easy, right? And someone, someone who comes in and they're all bravado and they're all cocky and they're all, you know, they're all guns blazing, doesn't deal well with that customer. But I have that customer. That customer is in my is in my 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 mix of customers, and you. You have to be able to deal with that person as well as a person who comes in knows exactly what they want they're pleasant and polite and you know i mean you you, you have to be able to be very versatile and i think that's that goes across all businesses oh yeah absolutely absolutely so our executive producer molly has given us a signal to uh to wrap it up and our handsome uh, audio engineer glenn um <laughs> he's uh he's fixing his hair uh so let's wrap it up so let me ask you um Couple final, uh, one final question for me. One final question from uh, Nathan, maybe, uh, if you if you got one. Um, last piece of advice that you have for veterans getting out of the military, looking for a job, or looking to start their business. What's the best piece of advice that you can give a guy, either looking to work for someone or looking to work for themselves? All right. So let me let me first say the difference between working for someone and working for yourself. Um, and those are two very unique skill sets, right? Those are two. Look, the fact is some people do not have what it takes to, to, to run their own business, and there's nothing wrong with that. You have to be honest with yourself. And when you get out of the military, the first thing you should ask yourself is, what, what now? Okay, and be honest. I always tell people, find something you, and I mean, this is an old wife's, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, this is a cliche at this point, but find something you're good at, find something you enjoy doing, and figure out how to make money doing that. And if that is working for someone else, then go work for someone else. You know, if that if someone else is already doing the stuff you're good at and you feel like you can be a good cog in that machine, go do that. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to, you know, strike out on your own and be an entrepreneur, do that, right? Um, there's no right or wrong answer there in terms, of, in terms of whether you zig or whether you zag, right? Whether you work for someone else or whether you work for yourself. But the most important thing is just... The the day they hand you that what is it the DD two fourteen the day they hand you that DD two fourteen you should at that point you should have already done some introspection some right. introspective thinking about what now okay if that is what I would what I see a lot of times in veterans is they get out of the military and they have no plan so they end up going to, they take the VA loan they do some kind of online college and they end up drinking and playing video games a lot and that leads to depression and that can lead veterans to some very dangerous and dark places so don't guys d- alcohol under alcohol is a depressant so don't go home sit at home all day you had all this camaraderie and now it's just you and you're sitting alone in your shitty little um, can I say that I'm sorry (laughs) you're sitting sitting alone in your shitty little apartment or in your parents basement or the bedroom that you grew up in and you're drinking all day and you're playing video games and you're bored out of your mind that's a trap 
That is a trap. Do not fall into that trap. You should you should get out of the military knowing a, at least having a direction of what do I want to do with my life? Okay, this chapter of my life, I'm closing that chapter. I'm opening a new chapter. What does that look like? At least have an idea of what that is. And if you're out of the military, it's not too late. Just stop and ask yourself, what am I good at? What am I enjoy doing? Okay, how do I make money doing that? Okay, you can go work for someone else's company that's already doing that, or you can do your own. It is not hard to open a, to start a company. As you, as you just said, man, all you need is you need your federal tax ID, which is a 10 minute, which is a, a 10 minute thing to get for free on the, um, uh, on the internet uh, from, from the IRS. Yes. Um, you need a, uh, if you're going to be in a business like mine, you need a seller's permit, which again is a free thing you get from the government with a 10 minute, you know, form you fill out online. Uh, you, you need to, you need, you'll need an LLC. Understand as soon as you create that LLC, you automatically become a tax entity and the, uh, and the IRS and your state government is immediately going to want to start taking money from you. So have a plan before you do that stuff. Sit down and write your business plan. And if your business plan is a five paragraph, what do you call it? A SMEAC? Yes, your SMEAC. five paragraph SMEAC or op order, or whether it's a full on 150 page battleship of a business plan with charts and graphs and blah, 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 blah. Whether, whatever form that takes, have that, have that business plan there. Um, have a plan. You know, you don't walk into battle without a plan, right? There's no, there's no commander that is going to send any of our soldiers or Marines into battle without a plan. Have a plan. And it's okay if when the first shot is fired, that plan falls apart. That is okay. It is okay to improvise. It is okay to get into it and realize that the business landscape is different than what you thought, that your skill set may be different than what you thought, that the competitive landscape may be different than what you thought. It is okay to change on the fly, but go into it with a plan. Go into it with a goal and an idea of how to execute that wow. very cool that's that's awesome and i was gonna i was gonna add to that too i would say don't be afraid no. to, to ask for help oh yeah absolutely because you look the fact is you can do it alone but it's a lot easier to do it with help you know, you can be that, that knucklehead like me who spent, you know, 125 hours a week at the office and sacrificed everything in my life for some company that eventually ran on hard times and laid me and my entire team off, right? I mean, look, man, when you are, when you are laying on your deathbed, you are not going to be looking your wife and children in the eye and you are, you are not going to be saying, man, I wish I would have spent that another 30 hours a week at the office, right? <laughs> Remember what's important. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, that's no bullshit right, right. there. So right. I would actually recommend you don't do what I did. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Doing what I did got me to where I am today. Doing what I did moved me forward in my career, but there are other ways to move forward in your career without doing that. And I think the millennial generation, you got to remember, I'm from, a, from an older generation. I'm from the Gen X generation. The Gen Y millennial generations, they figured that out, right? They, they figured out because they've seen their dads get laid off. They've seen their, their friends' dads get laid off. They know that the days of going to work at 16 and retiring at 60 with that gold watch and that pension, those days are over, right? Loyalty is a two-way street. In my generation, loyalty was a one-way street. So, my, so a company that I would work for back when I was in my early 20s and late teens and, and early 30s, company would talk about loyalty. And what they would mean by that is, um, what they mean by that is you got to do the 90 hour week because we need you there, man. We, we need you to do that, you know, that, that go that extra mile, um, you know, and if you quit, um, you have to give two weeks notice or a month notice or three weeks notice or something like that. And if you don't give that two weeks notice, well, that's not leaving with integrity. I hate that yeah. term, leaving with integrity. <laughs> yet, yet when that same company runs on hard times and it's time for them to lay you off, they don't give you two weeks of notice. Um, I've been laid off twice in my career, uh, once during the dot-com era and once, uh, once about 10 years ago, I've been laid off twice and 
and uh, and neither time did I get a severance package. Uh, neither time did I get anything more than a hey Ryan, come to my office, and by the time when you li- by the time you leave here, you don't have a job anymore. I mean, that, wow. is that is that separating from your employee with integrity? I don't I don't buy that nonsense anymore. I don't buy the Gen X nonsense stuff anymore. And I think the millennial generation figured that out. It's one of the few things the millennial generation does well is that they don't buy into the dogma in that it's all for the company because it's not for the company. It has to be a two way street. Understand, you have to be reasonable, responsible, mature, and professional. When you go to work, God, your, your, damn. your company is paying you to get a job done. It is your job to execute that job, overcome whatever obstacle is required to get that job done. They're paying you to do it. You do it. And you do it without whining. You do it without drama. You get the job done. But on the same, on the same, on the same level, you don't sacrifice starting a family for your, for your company. Because odds are you're going to change companies five, six, eight times in your life, maybe more. That's okay. You know, and I mean, as we approach the gig economy, as opposed to the, you know, the economy that I grew up in, um, you, you may you may change jobs twenty times in a career. You may you know, what we used to think of as job hopping may be the norm moving forward, right? So when we talk about when we talk about loyalty, we got to talk about loyalty, and this is for any of you employers out there. We got to think about loyalty as a two way street, right? And I think of that as my as a right. as an employer. So. Um, so in 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 reality, I'm sorry, I got so off on that tangent. No, I that was brother. Oh what my the original God. question so people, was, but <laughs> I needed to hear that. Yeah, I needed to hear that from you. It's not. Look, it's success in your career is not measured by how many hours you spend at the office. Success in your career will be defined by did you were you given a task? Did you complete that task? If you if you are getting the task done, it look. I give my employer, my employees, when I was in the corporate world, I, gave, I, try, I did my best to give my employees 40 hours a week of work to do. If it took them 70 hours to complete 40 hours of work, I have to start wondering if I have the right person in that role. Yeah. Okay. The days of, look, it, it was a very, very different back when I was, you know, back in the early and mid nineties, back in the dot-com era, it was a very different world then. And it's a very different world now. I would advise people not to take the path that I took because you sacrifice too much of yourself to become some wage slave for someone who doesn't, doesn't really appreciate you. Doesn't really, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're thankful for the work you do, but, but at the end of the day, when, when, or at the end of your life, when you're on your deathbed, it's not your boss that's going to be laying over you, holding your hand, um, saying, say, telling you what a good person you were and thanking you for bringing so much light into their life. It's your family. And, and don't ever sacrifice, don't ever sacrifice that relationship with your wife. Don't ever put that vacation off. Don't ever miss your kid's soccer game. Don't ever do that um, for, for some freaking job, man. Don't do that. Um, be dedicated, be responsible, be mature, be professional, get your job done, but remember who you are and be true to yourself in all things. Dedicated to your family first and dedicated to your family, your, your job second. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful words. I'm motivated. Nathan, are you motivated? I'm super motivated. That was Thank you. Thank some, you very much. That was some Gary V type last, uh, beautiful. Thank you, Ryan, so much. You've motivated me. I've learned a lot on this podcast. And I hope you guys have too. Um, brother, thank you again for thank everything you. that thank you. you have thank done so me. much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, guys, that is Ryan Peterson of Gunfighter Tactical here in Miramar. Um, we're wrapping it up now. Uh, Nathan, any last words? No, I, I think Ryan covered everything. <laughs> I'm speechless, man. I am. Can't, can't top that. Okay, guys. Beautiful, here. beautiful episode. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, Ryan. All right, guys, take it easy, and we will see you next week. Uh, The next podcast, we're going to have Kevin Cortez of the Veterans Beer Club. 
on a wonderful, wonderful guy, former major, uh, pilot in the Marine Corps, started the first inaugural uh, Veterans Ball last year, and he's uh, with Transmanic Foundation, too, just doing great stuff. So we'll talk to him next week as our guest. Yeah, that's going to be great. So, guys, so TBA.Vet, that's <laughs> Tango Bravo Alpha dot Victor Echo Tango. Go check us out. Go on Facebook, uh, hashtag Get the Buck Outside. Take care, guys. Good night, guys.